Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome in to Picks and Parlays on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Happy Friday to everyone listening and watching. Today is Friday, October 25th, and we've got a great show lined up today. We've got a great uh, segment starting off college football with Chip Cherimbus talking Auburn, LSU, UCF Temple, and Boston College and Clemson. And then in our second segment, we're talking NFL with Tony T, including Bucks Titans. Monday Night Football lined up for next week. It is the Bucks, or excuse me, the Dolphins and the Steelers. The Dolphins still looking for their first win of the season, uh, and they get to do it in primetime. Uh, what a treat for us. <laughs> <laughs> then, uh, Tony's got an NBA free play for us as well because NBA is off and running. And we might go over some betting strategies for NBA just in case you're a little rusty. Uh, and then finally, our segment that we love to do on Fridays, NFL Rapid Fire, where we go down the line with a bunch of games. And hopefully, we can win you some money this weekend with a lot of games to talk about on the NFL docket. Tonight, we've got a great night in sports ahead of us. College football, USC and Colorado. USC is favored 11 and a half. The total sits at 64. And then, of course, we've got the World Series. The Astros uh, looking to bounce back after losing the first two games of the series to the Nationals, a huge upset as the Astros. Uh, I don't think anybody saw them losing at home the first two games with Verlander and Cole on the mound especially. And something else to look forward to uh, in those games, the total has hit the over in both of those games so far. Uh, the total tonight is eight, so maybe that over is worth looking at tonight. Zach Grinke on the mound for the Astros and Annabelle Sanchez on the mound uh, for the Nats, who uh, almost threw a no-hitter last time out. Uh, and then NBA, of course, we've got a ton of games, including Lakers, Jazz. We're back after the break talking a little college football. Stick with us on Picks and Parlays. And welcome back to Picks and Parlays on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, if you want to find us that way, we're really easy to find, Picks and Parlays. Uh, if you just search any of your favorite social media platforms, we're usually the first thing that pops up. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me on Twitter, at Chelsea Messenger, if you want to drop me a line. Right now, we've got Chip Trimis joining us for a little college football. Chip, how's Vegas? Vegas is wonderful. You know how it is out here. This is the most spectacular time of the year. The weather's great, and... Uh, we got all kinds of sports going on between the World Series, NBA, college and pro football, and of course college basketball right on the horizon. 
Right. It's a busy time of year. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes I feel like I don't have enough TVs. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they have the sports All right. books. I know, yeah. I know, that's the problem. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need to be spending all my time. I don't, I don't go there uh, either. There, I suppose. Uh, but let's talk about some of these college games on the sure. schedule because there are some good ones coming up this weekend, yes. including Auburn and LSU. Uh, number 11, Auburn comes in 6-1, and 6-1 and one against the spread. LSU, the number two team in the land, 7-0, and 5-1-1 oh, and one against the spread. LSU favored in this one, minus 10.5. Total sits at 58.5. Auburn hasn't won at LSU in 20 years. Do you see that happening, Chip? Uh, or it's, do you see Auburn at least covering the spread? I, I can see Auburn possibly covering the spread here. 11 is a, a large number, and um, they do play conservatively. Um, they've gone under 22 and 10 against teams with winning records. So they pl they'll play close to the best, and it may stay within the number. They are only 3 and 7 on the road against teams with winning record, but. You know, let's get to this LSU. Many think that uh, this being the premier broadcast game in the SEC this week, that LSU actually deserves to be the number one team in the nation statistically. And when you look at it, Chelsea, they're averaging 540 yards a game offensively, averaging almost eight yards per attempt per play. And most of it is coming through the passing game, 385 yards a game. Joe Burrow, listen to this, Chelsea. His rating is... His quarterback efficiency rating is at 2-1-6. That's just virtually impossible that he can keep that kind of pace up. But LSU has been a juggernaut the entire season. Like you said, being 7-0 is one thing, but in our, in our <laughs> gambit here, we look for a team to go 6-1 against the spread when they're laying all those kind of points. They are 8-2 at home in the last 10 meetings against the spread against Auburn. And like you said, they've won all of those games outright, and they've gone 8-2 against the number. And they're 13-4 against the conference. And yet, with this being such a big game and Auburn being having Bo Nix who can run and throw, his passing isn't as efficient as LSU's Burrow, but he does run the ball in key situations. And I think that the Auburn Tigers may have a shot at getting in under the number here, though I do doubt that they can win this game outright. Right. It almost seems like a square play. Uh, just because on paper, I think it, it just looks like LSU uh, should cover in this one. Joe Burrow's been so good, as you mentioned, 29 touchdowns yeah. to just three interceptions. Uh, the only thing I can see for Auburn is maybe if they can control the clock with a run game. Uh, although Booby Whitlow has been out. He's out four to six weeks, I believe, uh, with an injury. That's their star running back. However, Auburn recruits running backs especially well. Yes, uh, so do. they do have a stable of good backs. And plus, the forecast is calling for rain. So those are the only two reasons, uh, the only two ways I see Auburn slowing yeah. down. This you know, LSU offense? Auburn's um, defensive front and offensive front are among the best in the SEC. Of course, Alabama's probably the biggest of them all. But they should be able to go head-to-head -head at the line of scrimmage against these Tigers. And, well, they're both Tigers, aren't they? LSU Tigers and Auburn right. Tigers. But, um, <laughs> you know, it, I think it's going to be a, um, I don't think it's going to be a shootout. I, I think that LSU may not have the ease they've had in the past, averaging eight yards per attempt on offense. So um, I think this game could play closer to the number. But like you said, this is an awful generous number to give. And I expect there to be some support for Auburn here and, uh, because the number is so high. Right. Uh, the only issue I would have with an under here is I thought the same thing at that LSU-Florida game. 
And I think the under got obliterated yes. in like the third quarter. Well, <laughs> so, it does. It and happens. Florida's a pretty good defensive team. Absolutely. But Florida had a little more firepower this year. As you saw, one guy ran for 88 yards from scrimmage than they've had in the past. And once the game opens up like that, um, both sides are, are looking for scoring. I, I expect Auburn to really try and keep this game to at, at a minimal as far as scoring is concerned. Right. I think that plays in their favor because right. you don't want to get a shootout in a shootout with LSU and Joe Burrow. We no. know that for sure. Um, all right. So what's your final consensus? Well, I would take, I would take the points with, with Auburn here. I mean, this is not going to be one of my plays. I'm not going to be using it. But I just would I expect to see a really good game between these two. And I don't think LSU is going to blow them out. So I would I would take a gander with the points. It's, it's not an outstanding play. It's a great game to watch. And maybe with the points, right. you can collect some money. All right, let's move on to UCF and Temple. UCF favored uh, minus 10.5, and, and this one total sits at 60.5. And this is an American Athletic Conference yeah. matchup to these teams. Uh, both these teams looking to build some steam in their conference. UCF 5-2, and 3-4 and four against the spread. Temple 5-2 and two as well. Uh, but four and three against the spread. Right. Uh, Temple is four and zero at home. UCF one and two away. Uh, what other things are jumping out to you uh, when well, it comes to this game? Well, first off, this Central Florida team is not the same juggernaut offensively they were last year. I mean, they do score and they are an offensive team. But last year, if there were eight teams playing in the Final Four, they might have been one of them because they had a great, great season, particularly against the point spread. This year, not so much. Like you said, Chelsea, the four, uh, three and four against the number, though they are averaging 554 yards per game and seven yards per offensive play. Dylan Gabriel, the quarterback, has thrown for 2,000 yards, 17 touchdown passes, Chelsea, only five interceptions. But like you said, they're 0-4 against the points in their last four games, and they may have lost their mojo as far as the point spread is concerned. Temple's coming off an absolutely annihilation. They got beat by SMU. It was one of my releases last week, having the Mustangs. As a matter of fact, we came back against them last night. So we've collected twice on that team. And I'm expecting the Owls, the Temple Owls, to shore up here and actually come up big against Central Florida. Uh, they're getting a, a plethora of points. And, um, you know, after getting beat the way they did to SMU, I, I really see them um, where they out, they're outgained by almost 400 yards, Chelsea, 382 yards. We saw that SMU offense last night was so outstanding, but I expect Temple to really make some huge adjustments. They only averaged two yards per offensive attempt against the Mustangs. I expect that to improve here. Central Florida's defense isn't as strong as it has been in the past either. I think this is a general, generous points to take, and I'll take Temple with the points here. All right, and next up, we're going to the ACC, Boston College, Clemson. Clemson is favored by a ton in this one. Yeah. They're minus 34 and a half. Total sits at 59. Clemson, of course, is 7-0, and 5-2 against the spread, despite uh, disappointing some AP voters, because Trevor Lawrence, uh, despite being a Heisman candidate at the start of the season, he has 14 touchdowns to, uh, or excuse me, 14 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. Yes. Did I write More, that right? Yeah, it's, almost, has, it's almost questionable. He has, he has <laughs> double the interceptions, almost triple the interceptions he had the entire season last year. And um, Clemson won big their last time out. Like you said, they're 7-0. But I was talking to a few people out there, and Clemson is 
really got the benefit of a very, very weak schedule. And this is why you said some of these AP people have been um, dropping them in the polls. But they only have to win every game they play by one point, Chelsea, because the likes of Auburn and LSU have to play each other. Alabama has to play LSU. And those two teams, somebody's going to be coming up with a loss, and no one's going to go undefeated. So I, I think that Clemson has a, has a really easy road to the Final Four. Like I said, they're averaging 500 yards um, per game. And they actually look to, if Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence doesn't get his act straight together, they're going to have a lot of trouble covering these points. They did cover last week. But, you know, this Boston College, you know, they're in and out, but they are actually 17-4 and four after a point spread win. And that's pretty good. And they're 5-2 and two against Clemson in the last seven meetings. The road team in, in this matchup between Clemson and Boston College is 4-0. and oh. And the under in the last seven games at Clemson is good six out of the last seven times. So, though this is a high point spread here, and Boston College is certainly um, not one of the best teams in the country, though they are 5-2 and two against the number, uh, Chelsea, I, I give the, the Eagles a fighting chance here to keep it close. All right. Thanks, as always, for your picks, Chip. Uh, we're back from the break with some NFL. Stick with us on Picks and Parlays. That's good stinking, so I thought Scott Frost was going to have them ready. I said, how could they be an underdog at home? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Picks and Parlays, uh, where we have a very lively studio that, you know what, we can't stop talking about football around here. <laughs> uh, I'm your host, Chelsea Messenger, uh, and we've got Tony T joining us. Hello, Tony. How are you doing? Hey, how's it going? Yeah, I had the audience uh, mic'd up. I thought we were going to take some questions from the audience today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. Uh, but you will be taking some questions from me about some NFL games. Uh, let's start with the Monday night game, which is sure to be a solid one because we've got the 0-6 Dolphins against the 2-4 Steelers. What a primetime matchup. Uh, for this game, the Steelers are favored minus 14. Total sits at 43 and a half. Uh, Tony, what do you think about this one? Do you think the Dolphins are good enough to at least lose by less than? Well, you know, this is what the NFL, why they like betting, is because it's the only reason why anyone would tune in and watch these games and why the NFL will get more and more money for their TV contracts because people will be tuned in because they have bets on these games. And, uh, you know, Miami here, uh, dogs 14, total 43 and a half. And you know what? I think the Dolphins, I don't think they're going to win this game, but I think they'll be able to cover. Uh, I think you have to look at the Dolphins a little bit different now. They've been competitive over their past two games and covered both of them. And if you watch that, well, I don't think too many people will watch the game against Buffalo. I happen to do. I watched the replay and uh, watched some of the coaches film. And I noticed one thing about Buffalo, their, their defense is, uh, I should say Miami, their defense is showing a little improvement. They're swarming. They're reading, they're doing a better job of reading the offensive uh, formations and swarming to the football. So uh, I definitely see an improvement on this Dolphins team. And one thing to note here with Ryan Fitzpatrick, a quarterback, uh, adds a little bit more dynamic to that offense, his ability to make plays downfield. And I think it's just an upgrade over Josh Rosen, who is turning out to look, to look like a first-round bust. Right. Ryan Fitzpatrick, or Fitzmagic, as some people like to call him, uh, he's a little risky. He tries to make plays which sometimes ends in turnovers, but you know what? He's always making an effort. It seems like he's sacrificing his body, and in that Bills game, the Dolphins actually led that one 14-9 at one point, so they do have the ability to score some points, especially impressive considering the Bills' defense. 
Yeah, that was that was impressive. They're able to gain 381 yards on Buffalo, and uh, you know I, that was that was pretty offensive performance there for for the Dolphins. But you know, defensively, uh, they held their past three opponents to 335 yards, just 3.8 yards per rush. And as you talked about with Fitzmagic there, they're completing over 65% of their passes in that span. So uh, definitely an upgrade there for Miami. I have to look at them a little differently now. But one thing to note here with uh, Pittsburgh and under Mike Tomlin, and I, I know Steeler fans out there uh, are, are, are going to know what I'm talking about here, is that what, what really frustrates them is they play down to the opponent's level. And this is why I would be hesitant at all to lay points here, at least 14 with Pittsburgh, because we've seen them over the years just not play, have really flat performances in these type of games. Right. In the NFL, it's not like college. There's a lot more parity. And we saw that last night with the Redskins-Vikings game. I know if you bet that game, you're watching down to the last minute because the Vikings didn't cover. And sometimes when you see these big point spreads, even against terrible teams, it's just too much, and these teams don't want to risk somebody getting hurt. Uh, as you saw the Vikings do, they ran the ball, I think, four straight times uh, and didn't score at the end. So I just think 14 points is a lot to lay. Yeah, it is a lot to lay, especially in these times in the NFL, especially in the fourth quarters when you're holding leads against bad opponents. You often see the, the team that's way ahead just pretty much milking the clock, sometimes run those short passes, those check downs that, you know, they get good yardage off them and they convert first downs. And that's all they want to do. And they play that field, goal, field position game. And, of course, if the offense is struggling on the other end, why not punt the ball away? Sometimes the punt's obviously better than interception. Of course, quarterbacks are trained. The worst interception you can throw is the one when you're having the lead because you can change momentum and cost your team a victory. Right. So who are you taking in this one? I'm going to take the points here with uh, the Miami uh, Miami Dolphins plus the 14. Those that like to play under, I wouldn't. Uh, I, I would say that would be a pretty good play as well. But I like the, I like the Dolphins plus 14. The under is hit on these prime time standalone games 72% of the time this season. Right, it hit last night, I believe. Yeah, and also uh, with, with the Steelers here, we got some injuries. Juju Smith-Schuster has missed practice with an illness, and you know James Conner left the game last week with a quad injury. He says he'll play, but if he plays, won't be won't be a hundred percent. And of course, the Steelers uh, uh, just 285 yards a game average at home, so uh, just not enough offense of production here for me to cover, to take them in this one. All right, speaking of offenses, our next game on the schedule: Bucks Titans. And as you know, I'm from Nashville. I went to the Titans game on Sunday and Ryan Tannehill is now the quarterback for the Titans and you know what their offense looked a lot better uh, granted I don't think they should have won against the Chargers if you watch that game it was a really wonky game uh, the Chargers ended up uh, fumbling on the goal line to lose at the last minute uh, but I think Tannehill brings a lot more to this offense than Mariota did at least he's completing the basic passes and with a, a defense as good as the Titans, I think it gives them a big leg up. Uh, so looking at this Bucks game, the Titans are favored minus two and a half. Total sits at 46. Uh, what do you think about this one? Yeah, I'm going to look at laying the points here with Tennessee minus two and a half. As you said, Tannehill does upgrade this team on offense. They had season high yardage against the Chargers, 403 offensive yards in their home win. And Tannehill, 80% completion rate this season. Of course, it'll never stay that high, but... Again, the defense is really good behind him, so he doesn't have to try to force drives. He, you know, like I said, a punt will be good against this uh, for this Titans team instead of risking turnovers. Play the field position game, and you can grind out a victory. 
And of course, sometimes you can just sit back and let Jameis Winston win the game, win the game for you because he has that. He always, uh, you always got to worry about that interception. And one thing I note with this Bucks team is uh, they're not very good when they play up against good defensive teams. That's one thing to note here is that you know uh, we, we've seen Winston's troubles against the good defenses, and of course uh, the the, uh, the Tampa Bay secondary about about the one of the worst secondaries in the league. So if Tannehill just want to go upfield, he may have some success in this one. Right. As you mentioned, the Bucks not being good against good defenses. We saw that last week against the Panthers. They lost 37-26, and Jameis Winston had six turnovers and was sacked seven times. So uh, Jameis, under pressure, usually not very good. Nope, not very good. And also, he won't have his tight end, O.J. Howard. He's one of his targets there in the passing game. He's out. Of course, uh, he's missing two off, could miss two offensive linemen again. Alex Kappa out the guard and starting the right tackle. DeMar Dotson questionable, and he hasn't played. So the Bucks uh, will be looking for reserves on that offensive line, and you have to worry about that here when you're going up against a really good Tennessee defense. Right, and the Titans finally got to see their first-round pick, Jeffrey Simmons, out of Mississippi State last week, and he was making some great plays. I even noticed it because usually you don't really notice the play of some defensive lineman. But I was like, who was that guy? And then finally, I was like, oh, that's their first round pick uh, that's been sitting out most of the season because he's been hurt. And he's finally back and another uh, good addition to this already good Titans defense. That's true. And also too, note here with the Tampa Bay, uh, give, they're giving up, you know, when you look at the, that their secondary and their pass defense, give them 340, 304 yards passing. Uh, this year, and uh, they've given up 31 points or greater in three of four. And don't forget Henry in the backfield. You know, we sometimes we forget that he has the capability of making big plays. And if you're having success, we know we don't see that because Tennessee rarely has successful games throwing the football. This is one game where Tannehill can can gobble up yards downfield, and it may even open up some big plays in in the running game. Uh, draw plays, you know, can, can work here. We've seen uh, Henry been. We've seen Tennessee's running backs able to make that big play on occasion, and if they're having success downfield with passing, it may open up something on the ground. Right, as we saw at Alabama, which is why Derrick Henry was so effective there because they had uh, the ability to throw the long ball and open it up for the run game. All right, let's move on to the NBA because the NBA is off and running. Uh, we've got a free play Friday with Tony T. Uh, we're doing Mavericks Pelicans. Pelicans are favored minus two. Total sits at 227. The Mavs are 1 and 0. And 0 and 1 against the spread. Pelicans 0 and 1. And also 0 and 1 against the spread. Granted, that is a small sample size. Uh, how are you seeing this one? Yeah, I had the Pelicans in, the, in, in their opener. It was a bad beat. They are covering the spread the whole game and into overtime until the game ended. That's a brutal way to lose a game, with plus uh, getting plus <laughs> no. seven with them. But you know what? I like them enough. I'm going to come back with them. They're at home here. New Orleans Pelicans minus two. The total here is 227, but I like New Orleans Pelicans minus two. You know, I think in the opener, New Orleans showed that this team is just not just Zion Williamson in the opener. They took Toronto on the road to overtime, played well. They make their threes, 42%. I'm a big fan of Drew Holiday on the court. Now, when he's healthy, the team plays very well. Their, their stats kind of go downwards when he's not in the lineup, but he's healthy, and I like, the, I like the surrounding cast around him. J.J. Redick, Brandon Ingram. Remember, he came over in that Laker trade. So did Josh Hart mm -hmm. off the bench. Really good score and rebounds for, for uh, the, the Pelicans here. And, you know, and look at the Mavericks. I think they're just a two-man team with Doncic and Porzingis. But they are a good two-man team, scoring 57 points. Uh, in the opener. 
Yeah, they did. But you know what? One thing with, with the Mavericks, they didn't really go after that big name scorer in free agency. They kind of looked for some scoring from their young players. And until someone steps up and, and can help support their, the Donkic and Porzingis, uh, especially in a road game against a, a New Orleans team that is pretty good and actually has depth in their team, I have to take the home team here laying the two. All right, so we've got a minute left. Some of us are a little rusty on betting NBA because it's been a while. Uh, do you have any quick tips for betting basketball? Yeah, one thing about the basketball is take a look at the schedules because sometimes these teams can really get, get in some difficult scheduling spots back-to-backs. Uh, it can be, can be rough. Also, teams that are on long road trips, that first home game after a long trip, uh, you notice the home team very rusty, so that's usually a go-against spot in the NBA and also to try to look at every team before you bet them. There's a lot of, you know, the NBA league pass channel. If you have salad or streaming, it's free for the first week of the season. So this gives you an opportunity for free to watch these teams in action, even watch the replays for free. So we'll get a look at some of these games, get to know these players and these rotations. Or if you're super lazy, you can just watch our show or watch Tony T's podcast. <laughs> Thanks as always, Tony T for joining us. When we're back from the break, we're talking NFL rapid fire on picks and parlays. Do you use the blue pill? Welcome back to Picks and Parlays on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. If you search Picks and Parlays, we're really easy to find. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is just my name, at Chelsea Messenger. And finally today, we've got NFL Rapid Fire. And if you're new around here... It's where we go down the line with a bunch of NFL games and our handicappers give you their picks. So if you want to pay attention, buckle up. We're about to get started. We've got Chip, uh, Cherimbus, and Craig. The honors, both in the, both in the studio, and you guys don't look very happy. <laughs> Cheer up. It's Friday. <laughs> That's right. We're chopping, just getting ready. All right. Well, let's get going. Uh, Craig is from his Bengals are not doing too hot. <laughs> They're 0-7. Four, four to say the least. Thank goodness this one's not at home, at least for the Bengals fans. Oh, the that's right. Uh, the Bengals are heading to London to play the Rams, uh, where the Rams are favored, minus 12.5. Uh, total sits at 47.5. Uh, Craig, we'll start with you. Is 12.5 too many points to give to the Bengals? Yes or no? Well, I, I think the number's about right. But I think to the easier play, these London games, the overseas games, have been all about points, all about the overs. Uh, the last probably about five years, they're hitting about 70%. Um, this year, both the games have, uh, were high scoring as well. I think this one continues with that. This Bengals defense has been atrocious. I mean, I think it was 27 points they allowed to Jaguars that don't even like to score points. Um, I just think this one goes way over. 47 and a half seems like an absolute gift. If I obviously was going to play the side, I wouldn't play this Bengals team. There's just not much to go for. Zach Taylor, first year head coach, might not make it to year two here uh, for the Bengals. And the Bengals have the worst uh, rush defense in the entire NFL. Uh, Todd Gurley has been a little bit underwhelming as far as stats goes, but if he's going to have a breakout game, this could be it. Chip, what do you think? I think the Rams have been underachieving this year. You know, going to the Super Bowl last year, they don't quite have the same impetus this season. Maybe they're just waiting for the second half of the schedule. Like many of the NBA teams that, are, that have um, gone, they sleepwalk through the beginning of the season. The Cincinnati, believe it or not, is 15-7 on grass against the points in their last 22 and 4-1 and against the points 
after a loss. But, you know, this Rams team is laying a lot of points here, and though they've played well, at times, they gave up 55 points. You know, Craig may have something here with the total, but I'm going to take Cincinnati here. They're winless, and I think they're coming out there to try and to make it as competitive as they possibly can. I just don't think they've given up on the season as of yet. I would take the Bengals. All right, let's move on to the Cardinals and the Saints. Uh, the Saints favored in this one, minus 10.5. Total sits at 48. The Cardinals are 3-3-1, three, 5-2 three and one, five and two against the spread, and the Saints are 6-1, and 5-2. Uh, against the spread, Drew Brees is back at practice. Uh, not sure if he plays. The Saints have not announced a starting quarterback. As you know, Teddy Bridgewater has actually been performing quite nicely as the Saints backup. They've been winning a lot of ball games. Uh, Craig, do you see them covering against the Cardinals in this one? I think the Cardinals cover here. I just think uh, the Saints sounds like Drew Brees is going to play. At least he's saying he's going to play. Of course, the team has the final say, but you know, I think there'll be a little rust there. I just don't, I really think they should probably go with Bridgewater as good as they're playing, give Drew Brees another week, but it sounds like, according to Drew Brees, he's going to play. I'm going to take the hot Cardinals as far as against the spread, 5-2 and two against the spread, uh, nice win at the Giants last week, you know, and I, again on the road this week, I know that's a tough place to play in New Orleans, but I think getting 10.5 points, you're on the other side of a key number, of course, is 10. I'm going to take the Arizona Kyle, uh, with Kyle Murray um, and his impressive play, I think it continues here against a Saints team that could be looking past this one. Right. The Cardinals, as you mentioned, have been pretty good on the road. They're 3-0 and against the spread on the road. However, two of those three have been against the Giants and the Bengals. So I don't know if you put an asterisk by that, that or what. Uh, Chip, what do you think on this one? I, I think that both these, I mean, we know that New Orleans has done very well under Bridgewater. They've gone 5-0 and straight up and against the points, and they've done it with defense for the most part. I mean, they beat Dallas without scoring a tire. They just sit there and are dominating on the defensive play. They went to Seattle and took uh, the Seahawks right out. But, you know, this Arizona is 6-2 and two against the points overall in their last eight. And with Kyle Murray running away, I see them putting up points. They always seem to be, he seems to be able to, to create space and, and get t guys in open areas. And I look for Arizona in this game against New Orleans to actually go over the total. New Orleans at home. The home team is 7-1 against the points in this series. But I think with Murray and the quarterback situation, no matter who's quarterbacking the Saints, I think this game goes over the total. All right, next up, Jets-Jaguars. The Jets are 1-5 and 2-4 and and against the spread, coming off that terrible 33-0 loss to the Patriots where Sam Darnold was seeing ghosts and things did not go well uh, for the Jets uh, at all in that game. They seem a little banged up. C.J. Mosley, their top linebacker, is out for this one. Ryan Khalil, their center, is questionable. Uh, the Jags, meanwhile, are 3-4, and 4-3 four, four and three against the spread, and they are favored in this one, minus 6.5. Total sits at 40 and a half. Craig, uh, how are we seeing this one? Well, I think it's very simple. Even though the line moved from four and a half to six, you just you saw, you saw it on Monday night. The Jets' defense or offense is terrible. Their offensive line didn't even pretend to try to give Sam, Sam Darnold time. Let's take the Jaguars minus six here. Don't overthink this one. Jacksonville wins and wins impressively.
All right, Chip, agree or disagree? Well, I'm surprised that I've seen as much support for the Jets this week already with, um, with players, handicappers, services. I'm very surprised about it because we saw how bad they looked on Monday night. Lucky enough to have New England. They're only 1-7-1 in the last nine times that they played on grass. They've only covered three of the last 11 times they've, um, they've played against Jacksonville. And Jacksonville is 4-0 the last four times out against the AFC. I think that uh, Jacksonville may be the way to go, like uh, Greg said. I said it's under a touchdown, so that's kind of inviting, and that sort of scares me because of how putrid the Jets look. The green slime really did their thing last Monday. <laughs> All right, next up we've got the Panthers and the undefeated 49ers who are 6-0, and 4-2 against the spread. The Panthers are 4-2 and two and also 4-2 and two against the spread. The 49ers are coming off that very sloppy uh, 9-0 win against the Redskins. They were favored 9.5. That was a bad beat if you got that number. Uh, but granted, that game was really sloppy. It was in the rain. Uh, so weather was definitely a factor. Defense has been the key for the 49ers. They probably have the best front four uh, in the entire NFL. So the Panthers will have their hands full when it comes to a good defense. Uh, but they are getting 5.5 points. And the total is really low in this one, 42 uh, Craig, any of these numbers jumping out to you? Oh, I love the 49ers here. I just think uh, Kyle Allen, like you said, against a very good defensive line, probably the best defensive line in football. I think Bosa has another big day. He's been unbelievable this year. I think the 49ers, as much as I've liked Kyle Allen since he's taken over for Cam Newton, um, since Newton went down with injury, I still think the 49ers a value here at minus 5.5, as long as we get this under 6. So if it goes to 6, I think I'd be maybe lay off this game, but at 5.5, I'd like the 49ers to stay undefeated and cover again against spread. All right, Chip. How well, you think, leaning? Well, I think it's definitely going to go to 6, and Carolina's got some impressive numbers against the Niners. They've covered 6 of the last 7 times they've met, and they've actually at San Francisco, and they've covered 14 of the last 17 meetings overall. And San Francisco has played under the last four times. And by the way, that wasn't such a bad beat. We had Washington as one of our top plays last Sunday. That hook, that half point was really big <laughs> for, for us, Nelson. Yeah, I know. But San Francisco um, is, as, as a favorite, is 7-3 um, and three against Carolina the last 10 times they played. You have to remember that the Niners have been a poor addition in the NFL for a number of years, while Carolina, of course, had Newton, and um, they were one of the premier teams. They made it to the Super Bowls. So some of these numbers may be skewed from the past. I think Carolina has a shot to come here. I thought this line was kind of shallow. Um, Newton's not going to be playing. We're going to have Allen quarterbacking him. And I'll take a shot with the points. I'll take Carolina here. All right, moving on to the hurry-up offense because we're running – a little low on time. Browns, Patriots, Patriots favored in this one, minus 12. Total sits at 45 and a half. And in this matchup, I see Baker Mayfield, who has five touchdowns to 11 interceptions, uh, going against probably the best secondary in the entire NFL and the Patriots, who lead the league in interception. In interception, excuse me, Craig, how do you see this one? I love the Patriots defense. This Patriots defense has been so good. I don't like laying more than uh, double digits. Usually almost every time like that, I'm either going to lay off, in, at least in the NFL, or uh, play the underdog. Here, I'm going to go with the total. Let's play the under 45 and a half. I think on a short week, uh, the Patriots defense, they're going to use the run game and uh, depend on that defense again. And I think that Patriots defense comes away with another 2-3-4 interception game. And uh, Patriots win. And in a closer game than expected, I think, and a low-scoring game, easy under here. 
All right, Chip, how are you leaning? Yeah, I, I agree with Greg here. I think that's the way to go in this game. You know, Cleveland is only 5-20 and 20 against the points against teams with winning records. And we know how dominant the Patriots are. 13-3 at home against teams with winning records. 21-6 overall against teams with winning records. But, like Greg said, this defense of the Patriots and, of course, the Cleveland inability to actually put things together yet offensively, I think it runs right to the total to stay under. All right, next up, Raiders, Texans. Texans favored in this one, minus seven. Total is 51 and a half. Uh, the Raiders are three and three, and three and three against the spread, but all three of those wins have come outright as underdogs. So good for betters there. Texans, four and three, four and three against the spread. Uh, Craig, what stands out to you in this matchup? Well, what stands out to me is how this Raiders team's been so up and down this year. I really like this game. This is my top game of the week. Easy money winner. I get it over at picksandparlays.net. And, uh, of course, use that promo code this weekend, 15% off. Use the promo code BURNS15, B-U-R-N-S-1-5. Okay, Chip, you got a play on this one? Yeah, I, I do. And it's, there's some interesting numbers here. Deshaun Watson throwing for almost 2,000 yards at 69%. We discussed this, 13 TDs and only five interceptions. And Derek Carr, 74% completions. There are eight touchdown passes, only four INTs. I think this game goes over the total. I think that um, Houston and Deshaun Watson have such a prolific offense here. I don't see this game staying under. And I know that um, with Josh Jacobs running with the Raiders, they have a chance to put some points on the board as well. So I'll play this game to go over the total. All right. The final game on the docket is the Packers and the Chiefs. The Packers are favored minus four in this one. Uh, as of yesterday, this line could have changed because the Chiefs did announce that Patrick Mahomes is officially out. I think we all were expecting that because uh, he dislocated his knee. But they did announce it uh, officially that he's not playing. So we will see Matt Moore at quarterback for the Chiefs in this one. The total is 47 and a half. The Chiefs five and two, four and three against the spread. Packers six and one, five and two against the spread. Uh, Craig, who do you like in this one? Well, I just think the Chiefs are going to have to play uh, depend on a defense that's not really good. So, um, and I think the Packers. They just want to get the win here. I just think this is an easy underplay, under 47 and a half. I think Chiefs, obviously, backup quarterback Matt Moore. Um, he's not going to be what Patrick Mahomes is, so I think this is an easy under. I think it's like a uh, neither team gets above, say, 20, 23 points. Let's play the under here. All right, Chip. We got about 30 well, seconds left okay. for you. I'll make you it like? quick. You know, um, the fact that the Packers are favored <laughs> here shows that Matt. Uh, Matt Moore is going to be quarterbacking um, for the Chiefs. But this is a standalone game on Sunday night. And Chelsea, I'd like to say it's one of my promo games because on Thursdays, Sundays, and Monday nights in the NFL this year, I'm 13-3. and three. We've hit eight of the last nine. And this is going to be a Sunday night release for me between the Packers and the Chiefs. So they can just log on, follow the buy links, and get this big-time winner. 81%, 13-3 with NFL games on these standalone nights. All right, as always, thank you both for joining us for NFL Rapid Fire. We'll be back after the break on Picks and Parlays, recapping all of today's picks. In case you weren't paying attention, we've got you covered. Stick with us after the, breaks, after the break on Picks and Parlays. And welcome back to Picks and Parlays on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. If you want to check us out on any of those social media platforms, all you have to do is search Picks and Parlays, and usually we're the first thing that pops up. Really simple. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me on Twitter every day. My handle is just my name, at Chelsea Messenger. 
if you want to drop me a line. Uh, now comes the time in the show. It's kind of like the cliff notes if you haven't been paying attention uh, or if you're just now tuning in. Uh, we're going to recap all of today's picks in one tight little package. So first up, we're college football picks from Chip Cherimbus, uh, Auburn LSU. Chip is taking Auburn plus 11. Central Florida at Temple uh, taking Temple plus 11. Boston College Clemson taking Boston College plus 35. That's a lot of points to give. Uh, and then moving on to our NFL picks with Tony T. Dolphins Steelers on that Monday night game taking the Dolphins plus 14. Uh, Bucks at Titans taking Tennessee minus two and a half. And then we had an NBA free pick Friday with Tony T. Mavericks at Pelicans taking New Orleans at minus two. And finally, our NFL rapid fire segment, uh, Craig Trapp's picks are Bengals, Rams taking the over in that one, 47 and a half. Jets, Jaguars taking the Jags to cover minus three. And then the Packers at the Chiefs taking the under at 47 and a half. Chip Trimbus also gave us some NFL picks. Uh, Chargers, uh, <laughs> he put San Diego, uh, but they are not in San Diego anymore. Uh, Chicago taking the Bears minus four and a half. Cincinnati uh, in LA Rams taking Cincinnati in that one plus 12 and a half. And the Colts and Denver, the Broncos taking the over 42 and a half. Those are our picks for the day. Uh, as always, thanks for joining us. We're here every day, same time, same place. And also check us out on social media if you ever get lonely and you need some picks. Uh, we're back next week on Picks and Parlays. Until then, we'll see you next week. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.